So let's pray it over the readings. Three things. One from each of the readings, and I think they all connect. Paul and Barnabas say it is necessary for us to undergo hardships and suffering to enter the kingdom of God. Necessary. Two. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I make all things new. And three, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. It is not if you are going to suffer, it's when and how much. I always get worried about this because I don't feel like I've suffered that much in my life. So I feel like mine is building up. And then when it comes, how will it affect you? Because every person in this church either has experienced or will experience some form of heartache, obstacle, struggle, uh, betrayal, you name it. It's coming. And if there is no cross and resurrection, then none of it has any meaning. None of it. Suffering is pointless. Forgiveness doesn't make any sense. And we're just stuck in this terrible space that everybody hates. And the only thing that waits at the end for all of us is death. Happy Sunday. That's the bad news. But the gospel is good news. And it makes all things new. But in order for things to be made new, there is something that you and I have to do. If we want our lives to be made new, then we have to do something new. And Jesus tells us what the new thing is. He says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. That's the secret. That's what unlocks everything. You know, it's said in tradition that John, the apostle, died on Patmos as an old man. And as he was on Patmos, the people, the Christians, would come to him. And they would ask him, you know, like, you fix this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem. And John, tradition holds that he would just weep. And he'd say, just love You want your problems to go away? Learn how to love. Learn how to forgive. Love is what transforms pain and suffering and heartache and all of this into something new. A couple of years ago, I read a book. The name of the book was Unbroken. Some of you maybe have seen the movie. Hopefully you've read the book. If you've seen the movie and haven't read the book, shame on you, read the book. I know they always say that, but that's what I really mean. The book does, or the movie does no justice to the story. And the story is about a POW, and he was an Olympic athlete. His name was Louis Zamperini. And it's hard for me to think, when I was praying through what kind of came to me, it's asking the Lord for an example, there's hard for me to think of an example better of someone who suffered so unjustly and so much than Louis Zamperini. His plane was shot down over the Pacific. And somehow he managed to survive the crash. And he got into a little yellow lifeboat. And in that lifeboat, he spent 47 days at sea. On the first night, he was with two other guys. And they had rations, right? They had food and chocolate. On the first night, as the other two slept, the one guy ate all the chocolate. Because he was so afraid. So now they had no food, very little water. He said on day 24, a plane was coming at him and they were screaming and yelling and shot flares.
fingers in the air, and the plane just kept going. And he said he almost despaired. On day 42, another plane came. And so they flagged it down, and they were shooting flares, and it was a Japanese bomber. And so the Japanese bomber swooped down and kept passing over top of them, shooting thousands, a barrage of bullets, down upon this life raft. Louis jumped into the water, swam as deep as he could, bullets grazing past him, and yet didn't get hit. On day 47, he was rescued by the Japanese and sent to the first prison camp where they did medical experiments on him. When he finally left, he went to Omori, which is right outside of Tokyo, And in that prison camp, he thought he had left his suffering behind on the raft. He had no idea it was just beginning. At that prison camp was a man named Matsuhiro Watanabe. He was a sergeant, he was a prison guard, and he was a psychotic maniac. Zamperini later wrote that he was the closest thing that he could think of to the devil himself. This man was sadistic. A psychopath. He would regularly shatter teeth, rupture eardrums, fracture windpipes. He tore a man's ear off of his head in a rage. He left most of his victims unconscious at even the slightest infraction of a rule. He made one POW sit in a shack wearing only his underwear for four days in sub-zero temperatures. He tied a 65-year-old man to a tree and left him there for a week. He ordered one man to report to him every evening for three weeks to be punched in the face. He practiced judo on those who were sick and dying of dysentery. He beat men in rages with kendo sticks and baseball bats. And as he did this, they said he would foam at the mouth, scream and howl with joy. This spectacularly cruel guard decided that Zamperini was going to be his number one target because he was the most famous American they had. He was an Olympian. This was the guy he wanted. Once on Watanabe's order, Zamperini was punched in the face by each of his prisoners. 220 punches to the face in one day. Another time, Watanabe took his belt off and repeatedly hit Louis in the head until he was unconscious for two days. Zamperini once wrote about him. He said, I felt every day like I was looking for a lion loose in the jungle. And you guys, this went on for two years. Every day he was beat for two years. Eventually, Louis and the others were rescued from the war after it ended. And when he was released, he weighed 75 pounds. But Watanabe escaped. And all he, he said, although the POWs were free, their minds were still in prison. Louis wrote that the central struggle of the post-war life was to restore one's dignity that had been stripped from them. As one Holocaust survivor put it, all that went through our minds was a seething and purifying thirst for revenge. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but when I was in seminary, I went to Poland, and I got to go to Auschwitz. If you ever get to go there, it's, an, it's a terrible place. 
But I think every human being should have to go. But while we were there, we were on a tour, and they took us around, and there was this old guy with us. And this old guy, you could tell everywhere he went, he was struggling, he was fighting, he would tear up. He didn't talk, he was quiet. And we got to this big picture, and on the wall, it showed the Soviets liberating the, the, the Nazis, or the, the prisoners from the Nazis. And the, the tour guide said, here's a picture of the lucky ones who were released from Auschwitz. And the tour went on. And at the end, he said, does anybody have any comments or anything you'd like to say? And the old man looked at him and he said, you gave a good tour. But I'm going to ask you to change one thing. When you get to that picture of the Soviets liberating the prison camp, don't ever say those were the lucky ones. And the man said, what do you mean? And this old man rolled up his sleeve and had the Auschwitz tattoo. He was a young boy when he was there. He said, every day of my life, I have to live with the thoughts of my parents being dragged to the gas chambers. My family members never coming back. The lucky ones were the ones that died. That's, that's trauma. You know, when people say, oh, I'm traumatized by what you said. Oh, I'm traumatized by how you address. Give me a break. This is real trauma. Louis Zamperini, that's real trauma. He said that Watanabe was in his dreams. He couldn't sleep for fear he would wake up in nightmares of this man punishing him almost to the point of death. And so what did he do? He started to drink. He drank copious amounts of alcohol just to shut his mind off and go to bed. He was in a rage. It consumed him. As he said, I was losing the war. He drank so bad, the drinking got so bad that he eventually, his wife filed for divorce and Louis was left alone with what? With rage, resentment, hatred, and alcohol. That's all he had. And then one night, a friend invited him to a talk. And he went to the talk and it was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was talking about why is God silent when good men suffer? And he started by saying, as I look up at the sky and I see the stars, I see the fingerprints of God, his omnipotent hand holding them in existence. And yet he still has time for me. He's interested in me. He cares for me. And then he said, if you suffer, God says, I will give you the grace to go forward. Louis said in that moment, he remembered being on that life raft. Somehow he had survived a plane crash. Then he had survived thousands of bullets being rained down on him. He had fallen into the most cruel of worlds and somehow he had survived. And then Graham concluded and he said, what God asks of men who suffer is faith. In a rage. See, Louis didn't like that. In a rage, he got out of there. He was throwing people out of his way. And he said, as he was running out of the tent where Graham was giving his talk, all of a sudden it just hit him. And he stopped. And he had this memory. When he was on that life raft dying, he said a prayer. And this is what he said. He said, God, if you save my life, I will serve you forever. 
And in that moment, he dropped to his knees in tears. And that night he went home. And he went to the liquor cabinet, not for about a drinking. He took all of his bottles and dumped them down the drain. He got rid of all of his pornographic magazines and cigarettes and all his former life. He threw it all away. And in that night, he said, that night was the first night that I slept soundly. Because everything had changed. Because Jesus makes all things new. What's the old way? The old way is hate, revenge, resentment. What's the new way? The new way is love. What's the newest way? Love of enemies. He was not this worthless, undignified man that Wantanabe had tried to make him. He said in a single moment, all my rage, all my anger, all my frustration was gone. And his life changed. He then made good on the promise he made to God. That he would serve him. He started a house for delinquent young boys. And he said he was even able to forgive Wantanabe for his wicked, sadistic, tormenting, and torture. He said, finally, the war was over. Wantanabe went on to live a long life in Japan. All war crime accusations were dropped. He became an insurance man. Wealthy, affluent life. And they interviewed him. You can watch it. And they said to him, they said, how do you answer for what you did to Louis Zamperini? He said, well, if you said that I hit him or kicked him or punched him, yes, I did that. I was treating him like an enemy of Japan. Any of my comrades would have done the same. Even then, he still can't change. But what happened to Louis? Louis went back to Japan, not to find Watanabe to kill him, but to forgive him. He went to the prison where all the prison guards who held him, they were in prison, and he talked to all of them. And they said that Watanabe had committed suicide. So before he left Japan, Zamperini wrote this letter. I want to read it to you. It's short. It says, To Montesiro Watanabe, as a result of my prisoner of war experience, under your unwarranted and unreasonable punishment, my post-war life became a nightmare. It was not so much due to the pain and suffering as it was the tension and stress of humiliation that caused me to hate you with vengeance. Under your discipline, my rights not only as a prisoner but as a human were stripped from me. It was a struggle to maintain enough dignity and hope to live until the war was even over. The post-war nightmares caused my life to crumble. But thanks to a confrontation with God, I committed my life to Christ. And love replaced the hate I had for you. Christ said to forgive our enemies and to pray for them just as he did. This I did for all the prison guards when I visited them in Japan. I want you to know that I forgave you. And if you're still alive... My hope is that you will become a Christian. This is what Jesus means when he says, I make all things new. If we let him, he can replace the hate with love. Suffering, betrayal, pain, it's all coming our way. But for those who have faith and love as he loved, and forgive, he can take all of it and make it new.